Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Stay Out of My Crease, Season 3, Episode 26. Tonight is a night we actually have a lot to talk about. And yes, we have been on hiatus. And yes, we did miss our listeners, and we hope that you guys missed us. So if you want to call in and join the discussion tonight or start your own discussion or, you know, stump Rob or, you know, troll Pete or whatever, um, you can call in at 646-668-8467. Again, that's 646-668-8467. And just to get little business out of the way, make sure you guys like our Facebook page. We put all of our information out there on Facebook and uh, so you won't miss an episode or a live show or, you know, coaching firing or um, a leaked video, you know, all that stuff. Oh, yeah, that's kind of what we're going to talk about tonight too, huh? So I'm going to go ahead and bring Rob on. Hi, Rob. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Not bad. Better than your pens. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, how's yeah. how's that receipt feel? <laughs> hey, look, I didn't talk a lot of trash. <laughs> Not like somebody else that talked a lot of trash before they got shut out by the pens. Which was probably the last time the pens actually looked like a team. <laughs> I mean seriously, <laughs> um Pittsburgh needs to just play in Canada the rest of the season because we went 4-0 on that road trip and came back to PPG Paints Arena and acted like we want to fire a coach. <laughs> I mean, it's just a classic <laughs> penguin meltdown. And, um, you know, it, it's funny. I say that very tongue-in-cheek. Um, nowhere, no how is Sullivan going to get fired um, because of a four-game slide. Um, but stranger things have happened, and uh, it's just Pittsburgh is a mess right now on the ice, and I don't know, the last couple of years, they were great at home and on the road, and now they're like, on the road, they're like, yay, and then they come home, and they're like, who is this team? (laughs) But, you know, the team is older, they're slower, teams have caught up on the speed game, and they're legitimately outplaying Pittsburgh on the ice. And um, we knew it was bound to happen when you have the oldest player in the NHL on your club. And uh, not saying Matt Cullen's bad. Please don't take that. Matt Cullen is still one of my favorite players. And uh, But, no, I mean, that, that receipt was probably well-earned because it just didn't look like Pittsburgh wanted to play that night on Saturday night <laughs> at all. Ever. No, they had they had a very rough night at the office. Yeah, they've had a rough last couple of nights, honestly. Their last couple of games have just been atrocious. Like, um to uh stir the pot a little when I'm on Facebook and uh with a pretty big spoon. 
And it, it's really. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much right. And it's really funny to see people take things that I say on Facebook as that's the type of fan that I am. And it it really isn't. I'm a very down-to-earth, realistic fan, and I always have been when it came to my sports teams. But um, it's really funny to see Penn's fans go, well, it's only November, and cups aren't won in November. Well, they aren't won in November, but you sure in the world can lose a playoff spot if you lose a game and don't get a point in November. And I, I like to use the Florida Panthers from last year as a an example. I mean, Florida was one point, one point away from making the playoffs last year. And they were the best team in the league after uh, after Christmas. Exactly. Still missed. Yep. By one point. So if you as a hockey fan don't think that in an overtime game in October or November doesn't matter, you're fooling yourself because every point that you get matters. Um, The way that the league is stacking up right now, you know, um, you're going to have to have like, 90 to 95 points to get into the playoffs this year. 90 to 95. I'd probably say more. Um, With the way some teams are playing, I would say probably close to 100. I I think there's going to be at least five teams in the East alone that are going to have over 100 points. And I think those five teams are actually going to come from the Atlantic division, the way it's going right now. I'm not saying that this early season is an indicator of, you know, how it's going to shape up. But unfortunately, the Metro division, which has been a strong division the last couple of years, really looks like the weakest division in hockey right now. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, there's been some surprises too, like the Islanders first in the Metro. Are you kidding me? Yeah, without that guy, um, oh, what's his name? He plays for the Leafs. Oh, just Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I had oh, to. I know. But, you know, and sometimes that happens. Sometimes it's not necessarily that, you know, we all know Tavares is not a bad player at all. He's an excellent player. But sometimes the system that he plays in or a certain player plays in, they don't seem to fit that system. I like to use Justin Schultz as an example. When Before Justin Schultz was a Pittsburgh Penguin, he played for the Edmonton Oilers. He was not as good as on the Oilers and in their system as he is in Pittsburgh's system. You know, it's Sometimes it's the system. Derek Pouliot plays for Vancouver, was a penguin. He was horrible as a penguin, but he's doing fairly well with Vancouver. So, I mean, sometimes you lose a uh, sometimes you lose a player, but it brings a team closer together, especially a young team like the Islanders are. Yeah, for sure. And uh, news in the Leafs. Leafs and Vegas game right now, Eric Hall is being stretchered off. 
Yeah, that I, it was just a routine hit, but that knee wasn't supposed to bend that way. No, not at all. That was that was nasty. And it wasn't like it was a cheap shot. It was a straight up check, and it looked like his skate got caught in the ice and just twisted his knee the wrong way. Um, hopefully he's okay, and this is just a cautionary thing. It would be horrible for Vegas to lose Paula. Yes, I agree. Big blow to them. Yeah. Especially with uh, Schmidt still out, Stasny injured still. Vegas is off to a slow start, but uh, they're missing a few key pieces. Yeah. They are. And, you know, I I think we had said in our season preview show that for Vegas losing James Neal and um, with Nate Schmidt being suspended for 20 games, that was going to hurt Vegas. Yeah, we did. I remember so. we, had a, uh, we had a discussion about how much that would hurt hurt them or impact them. Right. And it's impacted them a lot. Yeah. It also it definitely did. That, it also doesn't help that Flurry hasn't been as great as he's been the past as great as he was for them last year to start the season. Right. Um you know, speaking of sports teams and you know, the camaraderie, like Rob and I are both, we each have our favorite team, but we are both straight hockey fans. We absolutely love the sport of hockey. I just got a message that um, the Caps and Pens play tomorrow. And everybody knows that two weeks ago, Pittsburgh had a really horrible shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Squirrel Hill. The hockey community has really rallied around and the Capitals will be donating half of their 50-50 raffle from tomorrow's game against the Penguins to the Jewish Federation of Greater Pittsburgh. Funds will benefit the victims and families from the shooting. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. That's That's, such a class act. I mean, you know, they are fierce, fierce rivals, but what Mm -hmm. a class act by the the Capitals organization. So you definitely wanted to get that out because that kind of just broke right now. So, um, but yeah, so they are, like I said, they are stretching off um, Eric Halla and uh, we will find out more information, I'm sure, later and we will post it on our Facebook page. And if you want to look at our Facebook page, give it a like too and follow it. Um, it's just, just look up, stay out of my crease. So, uh, speaking of the hockey community, the greatest thing happened last night that could, if they scripted it, it probably wouldn't have been as good as it was last night. So, Brian Boyle, as we all know, had leukemia and he announced a couple days ago that he is 100% cancer free and that's so great to hear because uh, Boyle is such a class act and a stand up player I mean if you don't 
if you like hockey and you don't like Brian Boyle, I don't know what to tell you, honestly. <laughs> he had – last night the Devils played Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh was doing their Hockey Fights Cancer night. Um, and they, of course, everybody in the crowd that had a cancer survivor, they were fighting for a memory of somebody or whatnot. They had the little cards up. Well, the Devils ended up winning 5-1. to one. But the greatest thing was Brian Boyle had a natural hat trick in the game, and it was the first of his career. And it was on Hockey Fights Cancer Night. I mean, you can't even script that. Disney couldn't script that that if they tried. (laughs) No. I mean, it was – and I was so, like, okay, me personally, I was really kind of upset that nobody threw their hat out <laughs> because I know they were in Pittsburgh, but it was Brian Boyle. And, you know, I want, I wanted to throw my hat because I was just, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Um, you know, it, it stunk that it was against my team, but on Hockey Fights Cancer Night and you have somebody that's a huge advocate for cancer and has – fought cancer and is a survivor. I mean, I kind of got a little teary-eyed about it, and it's so silly that I did, but this is also the same guy that I cried real tears when he scored his first goal when he made his comeback from fighting cancer. So, Yeah, definitely. Um, kudos to Brian Boyle. Congrats to him on his uh, – first career hat trick and kudos to him for beating cancer. Yes, exactly. So I want it, you know, to get that off the plate here. Um, so Rob, you're, you're a Canadian. Um, That's what I've been Ottawa told senators. Anyway. I know, right? The Ottawa senators, their uh, video got leaked that had their players complaining about basically their boss and their job. And uh, somehow, some way, this got leaked, and now there are six players that had to issue an apology. Yeah, I don't think they really needed to issue an apology. Like, yeah, fine, you got caught bitching about your boss. But, I mean... Who hasn't done that? Right. Like they're away from they're away from the rink. They think they're on their own time. They're away from reporters for probably the first time all day, and they're just having a conversation, complaining about things that are wrong or not happening that should be happening. And this Uber driver feels the need to record them, and then put the video out? Why? That's what I want to know. Did he want a payday or something? Was he going to use it to blackmail them? I mean, what exactly happened there? I have no idea, but uh, that Uber driver should lose his job, should not be allowed to work for Uber or any other cab companies, and he should issue an apology to the Ottawa Senators organization. Right. And those seven players for recording them without their knowledge or consent. Right. I mean, it, it's pretty sad. You know, I, I just, 
I guess I just didn't get where he was he was coming from. What was his expectation? You know what I mean? I have no idea, but it it was stupid. Yeah, and it for was. anybody who and for anybody who thinks that the Ottawa Senators were in the wrong for complaining about their job and their bosses. Look at yourselves in the mirror and t- ask yourself how many times you've complained about your job to other people. I do it to Rob all the time. <laughs> I mean, like, what happens if Rob was to take one of my voice messages and send it to my boss? I mean, you know, it's the same thing. I'd say I'd be rich, but you're in debt because you bought your house. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll I'll take you to a hockey game, Rob. There, <laughs> don't blackmail me. We'll go to a hockey game. <laughs> but no, um, I think but, I honestly think that I honestly think it's a non-issue. Like I imagine they'll be spoken to by upper management just to find out, like, hey, why? Like, what's going on? Like. What do you feel is going wrong? Like you should have been, you shouldn't have been saying that stuff. But I mean, who hasn't done it? Like I'm right. sure they've complained about their bosses. So I mean, how mad can you really be at them? I think the apology right. was more. I think the apology was just more to get the water under the bridge than it was like a real apology. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it was just, um, it's kind of like one of those things, like when we were kids and we got caught, like, I don't know, sneaking back in our bedroom window. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you apologize to your parents, but you're only sorry you got caught. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, exactly. And they, they had to do it because somebody ratted them out. And, you know, that I... I really, really agree with you where I think the driver should be, um, you know, he should have to face some repercussions for be, or recording a private conversation between basically what we would consider coworkers and, you know, then leaking it to, and I believe you had told me that the senators actually had this video before it was leaked to the public. Yeah, the Senators had it a couple days before. They were already dealing with it internally, and once the video got out, that's when the Senators and the players made their statements. That's what I thought. Because those statements came out pretty quick after the video was leaked. So they had to have had knowledge prior. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But now I'm wondering because Alex Formanton was one of the players who was involved in that conversation, and he was sent de- he was sent back to London a few days ago. So I'm wondering if it was for his on ice performance, or if it was due to the fact that that video surfaced, and they got their hand the Suns got their hands on that video. And that was part of his punishment. Right. Yeah, it, it's interesting. And, you know, Ottawa has been 
a hot topic between NHL fans anyway because of the fact that they've just been from their ownership down. I mean, they in the off season they were giving away free tickets to the game in different little cities because they couldn't sell them. And then something like this happens, you know, this, I really feel bad for the fans because of having to deal with this. This is just so much drama. And I'm sure stuff like this happens all the time, but in the social media age now, you just really have to mind your P's and Q's because you never know who's recording or who's live feeding, you know, your conversation. So it's, probably really stressful for the players. Like, when do they have a chance to sit back and really just complain about what they're unhappy about? You know, I've seen people say, well, I think that um, they should have talked to the coach about their issues. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but maybe they felt like they couldn't go to the coach and talk to him. You know, the one guy, I forget who it was, he was like, you know, I haven't paid attention in three weeks because nothing's changed, <laughs> you know. So I, I think the interesting thing about this whole video is for years and years and years, I've had hardcore fans tell other fans that locker room problems do not happen in the NHL because they are professionals. And then this happens. So... Yes, locker room problems do happen in the NHL. It's no different than your office problems at your job or, you know, construction site or, you know, wherever you happen to work. It's it's just really no different. Every locker room in every sport has problems. There's no team of people that are 100% happy 100% of the time. Right. It's just not going to happen. And if you and if you're telling yourself, yeah, you're lying to yourself. Yeah. But yeah, it seems you're right. like Ottawa's. It seems like Ottawa's bounced back nicely from that uh, video fiasco, though. They're up five-two on New Jersey after two periods. That's just crazy. Sometimes it takes little things to bring a team together. Stranger things have happened. Yep. Ottawa's another team that hasn't performed as poorly as I expected them to. They're hovering around 500. Yeah, they're down near the bottom of uh, the Atlantic. But, to be fair, look at who they have in their division. The Leafs, Tampa, and Boston. Right. That's yeah, and everybody thought. I mean, let's just be real. Everybody thought that the Senators and Montreal were going to be like the bottom of the barrel, and um, yeah, Montreal has what eighteen points, and Ottawa has thirteen points. I mean, Florida is the one holding down the Atlantic. They have nine points. <laughs> yeah, Florida yeah. Florida has been the team that surprised me the most so far this year. They just yeah. can't seem to get it going. Well, and it didn't help that Luongo was out for so long. I mean, I know there are a lot of Panther fans that like James Reimer, but, I mean, Luongo, in my opinion, is probably a future Hall of Famer. And, 
he has his moments, and but he's a goalie that could possibly steal a game if it's close. Yeah, I agree. Luongo is still, he's not as great as he used to be, but he's still very serviceable as a starter, and he's still a very good goalie. Right. I mean, he's a little on the older side, but I think he's, what, like in late 30s or something like that. But He's 40. Is he really? Yeah, he's 40. I didn't realize he was that old. I thought maybe he was, like, late 30s, but... You know, I I had a bigger respect for Luongo after the whole Florida school shooting and the way he came out in that game afterwards and brought that community together. It it just gives you a whole new respect for the player that he is and the person that he is, you know. Um, I'm sorry, he's he's 39. I was wrong. Close enough. He's my age then, so... but, uh, yeah, speaking of teams and points, um, I don't think anybody was really surprised to see um, John Stevens get fired from uh, L.A. But I think uh, Coach Q getting fired from Chicago kind of really opened everybody's eyes this morning. That stunned everybody, myself included. I woke up this morning and I see a notification on my phone. Blackhawks fired Joel Quenville. I'm like, are you kidding me? Why? Like, I get they're not off to a great start, but they're still playing 500 hockey. Right. They, um, They have 15 points. There are four teams in the Metro division that have 15 points, and they're all tied for second. Um, I get it. The West is very difficult, and it's always tight, especially the Central division. But a three-time Stanley Cup champion coach, and you're going to fire him, what, Chicago's played like 16 games in the season, 15 games, something like that, and you're going to fire – the head coach 15 games into it because they are oh I don't know three points out of a playoff spot <laughs> I mean they're only three points behind Minnesota that is a hell of a risk to take to spark your team I know and to read the comments from Jonathan Tays and Patrick Kane um, you know Patrick Kane kind of was beating himself up and I know a lot of people don't like Patrick Kane but you know he his his comment about it was he kind of blamed himself. He was kind of like, "What if I would have fought through my sickness and played in Vancouver? Would I have saved his job?" You know, the players were even shocked. They just they were like, "We didn't know what to do." Nope. And the new coach they hired is now the youngest coach in the NHL. Funny He's only thirty three, right? <laughs> Yep, and funny enough, he played at the World Junior Hockey Championships for Team Canada with Brent Seabrook. They were teammates. <laughs> that just cracks me up. But he was uh, the coach of Rockford last year, and Rockford did very well. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. 
So he's, yeah, got, I, uh, he's got coaching experience and uh, very good hockey mind. It'll be interesting to see how Chicago um, responds to this as a club. You know, um, I don't believe they play, they play, what, the 8th? Is it Thursday night that Chicago plays again and they play Carolina? I believe so. Yeah, so they still have a couple of days to go before they actually play their first game with a new head coach for the first time in, what, 10 years? Yep, they fired their coach of the last 10 years and three Stanley Cups. That is insane. Yeah, it is. The change of scenery might do good for the team, but that's a big risk to take. Especially this early when everybody still kind of has a chance at making the playoffs, even if you only have nine points, you know. You still got a chance. Plenty of games to play. (laughs) <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but yeah, there was there was no surprise that John Stevens got axed. No. Um and it kind of sucks too for LA fans because yeah, the team's not doing well, but they also don't have their starting goaltender and when Jonathan Quick is healthy and um playing the way that Jonathan Quick can play, he gives his team a chance every night he's out there on the ice. But unfortunately, and I know we haven't been on the air in like three weeks, but for those that catch up by listening to our show, um, Quick is out indefinitely. He had surgery on a torn meniscus. So, um, you know, they're just kind of riding the goalie carousel right now. But the shocking thing I think about Stevens being fired is that it happened after a win. <laughs> yeah, that that that's funny. But uh yeah, LA's not known for their score. They're known for their defense and their goaltending. Right. And when and when your goalie who only allows two or so goals a game gets injured, that puts your team behind the eight ball a lot. Oh, of course. You know, when you go from a goalie that can steal a game and put a team on his back to win games to um, some guy you picked up off the street, I'm not sure that's the truth, but you know what I mean. Um, And they're letting in three, four, five goals a game. You're right. They're behind the eight ball already. And it just doesn't get any better after that. No, not at all. But, you know, we're early in the season, and our division leaders are Calgary, Nashville, Tampa Bay, and the Islanders. (laughs) No one would have ever thought that. No. Well, Nashville, Nashville I could see. I think I would need Nashville to win the uh, Central. Right. Calgary, I did not expect. 
No, we thought Calgary that, was going to be one of those teams that may have squeaked into the playoffs and be a division leader. <laughs> that division is backwards. The Pacific is backwards. Yeah. Stand on your head. Like, it looks better. It looks normal. <laughs> like L.A., Vegas, Arizona, and San Jose were the four teams that I thought would be top four. Yeah. In that division. And they're like the bottom four. But the good news is if the playoffs started today, seven Canadian teams would be in. I know it's really <laughs> early. Yeah, that's a little that's a little too early. <laughs> no, Ottawa would miss the playoffs. I yeah, but I I thought there would be seven of them in. No, there's I only seven Canadian teams. Oh, that's right. So six out of seven would be in. Ottawa being the odd man out. Detroit's off to an atrocious start too. We kind of expected that. I kind of expected that with them rebuilding. But, I mean, they still got a lot of talent on that team. They do. Dylan Larkin is unreal. Yeah. But, you know, I I kind of felt bad for Detroit because um, I don't know if this broke when we were off air on our hiatus or what, but um, Detroit actually changed the color of their seats because they wanted it not to look um, as, how do I want to say, as empty as it really is. Um, they, uh, they're having trouble selling, selling tickets out. Apparently that was only partial truth. Um, the Detroit Pistons also share the arena with the Red Wings. Oh, the Pistons okay. moved from the Palace of Auburn Hills, and uh, one of their sponsors had requested their uh, logo on some of the seats, and the logo oh. just wouldn't go on the red, so they switched it to black. Gotcha. See, I don't follow basketball, so I wouldn't know that. Yeah, I had no idea about that. Hmm. Well, no, I only uh, no, I only saw it in uh, one of the sports groups that I'm in uh, because people were questioning why, and uh, that was the reason given. Right. So we have our first final of the night. Columbus beat Dallas four to one. Um, Columbus has been very interesting, you know, and this is another thing that I kind of wanted to bring up. A lot of the, uh, goaltenders are, um, having issues with the new goalie equipment. Yeah, there's been several complaints uh, from a lot of the goalies in the league. I think it's somewhere right. close to two-thirds have actually voiced a complaint or a concern about uh, the chest protectors. Right. Yeah, because 
I know. Um, a couple of goalies have said that they have never been as bruised as they have with these new pads. Um, certain goalies have figured out to wear padded shirts underneath of their equipment, and it, it does tend to help. But um, it, it's really interesting because I, I was thinking about Columbus and Bobrovsky. He's really not having a good season in Columbus. And a lot of people are like, well, maybe he's having trouble with the goalie pad. I think there's more to that story. Um, not saying that, you know, I know anything. But I don't know. You know, he almost looks like he's just not happy in Columbus. And, I mean, Columbus is still doing well. I think they're, like, fourth in the Metro. But um, it's it's interesting to see the goalies that have – done well the last couple of years struggling with these new pads. Yeah, there's been a lot of them, and you can tell by some of the scores, like, I mean, so many games, touchdowns are being scored. Yeah, and I mean, I know the NHL wanted to increase scoring, and I'm okay with that you know I I like to watch people score too but but at the same time you have to risk goaltenders health exactly and let's just be honest here goaltenders are crazy anyway (laughs) I mean like you're gonna sit there and and stare down a I don't know 96 mile per hour frozen rubber thing coming straight at you um, you've got to be some kind of crazy <laughs> you know I'm, I'm sorry but you know the NHL I get it they want to increase scoring but where does player safety come in and say that okay this is not okay we have two thirds of our goaltenders that are too bruised to play every night you know and Bill and it, Daly, it just, uh, just to touch on this, uh, Bill no, Daly actually put out a uh, response to the goalies, basically saying that uh, we don't think the concerns are enough to uh, warrant making any changes to the goalie equipment in the near future. So they're just going to wait until somebody gets extremely hurt. Yeah, and then all the goalies are going, well, we told you so. Right, exactly. Like, I get it. Like I said, I love to watch scoring. It's fun to watch scoring, but it's also fun to watch defensive games. Sometimes it's more fun to watch defensive games because then only one goal is scored, and that could be the winning goal. It gets exciting. I mean, it's just exciting all the way around. But, yeah, I mean, it it was really interesting because at first I thought it was just certain goaltenders that were just kind of like um, complaining because they, they have a history of being injury prone, prone. But the more and more I've read about it, the more and more it's a lot more goalies because they're just kind of like, you know, we're hurting. And I know a couple of the goalies, like they said in their media locker rooms and whatnot, they look like Doppler radars because they have so much, so many bruises all over their body. 
and it's crazy. They shouldn't have to. They shouldn't have to deal with that. No, I completely agree. Yeah, and while yeah, we're the on Leafs, the players, go ahead. The Leafs are finally going to win a game on home ice. I don't know what that's like. Because <laughs> Codger just sealed it with an empty netter, three-one Leafs with thirty seconds to go, so that'll be a final. Right. Which I mean, it, the score doesn't, and it's always hard with empty netters when you look at the score. It really didn't tell you. It was a really good game because I sat here and watched it. Um, but, like, yeah, the worst thing that happened was the Eric Halla injury, and hopefully that's not as severe as it looked. That's for sure. Yeah, that um, definitely didn't look good. No. While we're on the subject of player safety, and I, I know we're kind of bouncing around here a little bit, but um, – Tom Wilson lost his appeal to Gary Bettman. Bettman ruled to uphold the 20-game suspension, which, truthfully, I was shocked. I thought it would get at least reduced by five games. So Wilson is now appealing in the final appeal to a third party. No decision. The hearing happened on Halloween, and no decision has come out yet. One of the things that I found fascinating about the whole Gary Bettman hearing was that they released a 33-page document talking about exactly what had happened in the hearing. And in that 30-some-odd-page document, Tom Wilson even admitted, I don't even know where I hit him. And he admitted that he could have pulled up, but he was like, it was almost time for regular season games. So that, you know, that in itself was kind of like, well, I'm glad that he kind of admitted that he didn't know where he'd hit him. Um, A lot of people are bringing up the fact that Sunquist had separated shoulders. Well, if you watch the video, the way he landed, something was going to happen to his shoulders. You know, the hit was hard enough that when he hit the ice, he separated his shoulders. Um, but I'll be curious to see the third party because they did um, reduce Watson's sentence or suspension from, I believe, 20 games to 15. Yeah, I don't – I if if his suspension gets reduced at all, that's it, – it's not good in my opinion. Mind right. you, this is the same third-party uh, arbitrator that reduced Austin Watson's suspension for uh, beating up his girlfriend. Right. And I get it. That was an off-the-ice off incident. But at the same point, the NHL has to stick to their guns. When they suspend somebody, they suspend somebody. You don't see anybody reducing Nate Schmidt's sentence from 20 games down. You know? No, I know. I mean, and, and what bugs I, he, me so sorry, what bugs me so much about this is uh, the NHLPA is like, oh well, we have to do our uh, 
job for our players by appealing these. And it's like, but one of your other players is at home injured. So really, how are you helping him by trying to get the person who did it to him suspension reduced? Right. It's kind of like a big conflict of interest. It's a huge conflict of interest, and I don't understand it. Like, that's something yeah. I really like to find out more about. I know. And like I said, you know, I'm interested to see what this third party is going to do with Wilson. I know the reason why he's doing it is because of money. And that's fine. You know, nobody wants to lose their their money. But at the same point, a lot of fans are questioning with, um, how do I want to say this? With Wilson continually appealing this, has he really learned his lesson? I don't think he has. Right. I mean, that would be like, I'll use my kid as an example. That would be like my kid doing something that ticks me off and is wrong. And I take away his Xbox privileges for a week. Well, then he appeals to my husband and my husband says, okay, well, you only have to lose it for 24 hours. (laughs) You know, my son's not going to learn his lesson that way. (laughs) No, that's actually a very good analogy. Well, thanks. I just came up with this. (laughs) You know, I mean, yeah, my kid would lose out on playing Xbox for a week for the allotted time that he plays it. But he's not going to learn his lesson if my husband was like, okay, you know, since you said you're sorry, I'm only going to do it for 24 hours. You can't play Xbox for one day. And then he's not going to learn his lesson. He's going to do the same thing all over again. And I really and truly think that Wilson shot himself in the foot himself when he spent all summer saying that player safety needed to take headshots more seriously. I agree. He also should have heeded his own advice and not delivered a headshot. That's true, too. That's very true. But um, like I said, this happened on Halloween, and we're almost a week later, and no decision has been made. Now, interestingly enough, he is, I believe, only two weeks away from returning anyway after after, uh, serving his 20-game suspension. Yep. He'll be back on uh, the 23rd. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, two and a half weeks. And that's when we'll really get to see if he's learned his lesson. Right. Because I think if he does it again, he's finished. I'm I'm curious. You know, I, I understand that he's going to have to change the way he plays. And... It stinks because everybody likes the 
big hits in hockey. I like the big hits in hockey. But I like the legal ones a lot better than the illegal ones. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, I mean, as soon as we find out something about the decision of the third-party arbitrator, then we'll definitely share that on our page. Again, if you guys want to call in and talk any kind of hockey with us, you can call in at 646-668-8467. And we will talk any hockey, any team, any way. Um, you know what I find interesting well, not really interesting, considering they were one of the best teams in the second half last year. But the Arizona Coyotes, how exciting for their fans right now to actually have a winning team. Yeah, really. And you know what's sad? It's still not enough. They're, they're above no. 500, and they're still in sixth place. Exactly. They can't, they can't win out there. No, I mean, they're, what, five points behind Calgary? And first, yeah, with two games in hand. Correct. And, uh, you know, Vancouver, oh, my goodness, their rookie, Pedersen, is amazing. Elias Pedersen is special. <laughs> like, when he's I... going, he's, He's going to be one of the most elite players in the league for a long time. Yeah, it's really funny because, like, when you think of the Western Conference, you think Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid. And all of a sudden there's this kid here, and Pedersen is just, like, amazing. He's so quick on the ice, too. Um, The games that I've watched him in, he's just unbelievably fast on the ice. When he's on a breakaway, it's just it's a beautiful thing to watch. He's such a beautiful skater. And I can say that because it doesn't sound weird coming from me like it would Rob. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Vancouver has these young guys, and, you know, they're in second in the Pacific right now, and you're kind of, like, taking notice of Vancouver. And... It's going to be so great because if Vancouver has all these young kids, they're doing well. And then what if um, Seattle comes into the league like Vegas did and kind of takes everybody by storm? What a rivalry that's going to be. Well, they'll have a damn good coach because Quindle's available. Yeah, no, no. That's like... um, when uh, Gallant got fired and it was like perfect timing because then he got to go to Vegas and coach, <laughs> you know? Yeah, really? Yeah. So <laughs> I I have to tell everybody, I've kind of been driving Rob nuts all week long. Um, I, I get really excited when I know we're going to do a show, and I always, like, watch TSN is a great Facebook page to follow, too, because they always come up with these really interesting videos that they watch. So, over the weekend, T- 
TSN posted this video, and of course, I'm like, ooh, I have to watch this. The video was a young lady oh, that was on YouTube telling us uneducated Americans <laughs> how to pronounce Finnish names properly in the NHL. So I have been driving A, my husband nuts, because I can, and B, Rob nuts, because I can. Um, I voice chat Rob a lot on Facebook, and um, I'll send him, like, a voice message. So we watched this video, and I'm learning how to say Finnish names properly. (laughs) I guess I don't know. Um, But one of the ones that really stuck out to me was Pekka Rene. And in her video, she says that we say it wrong. The proper Finnish way to say it is Pekka Rine. And I've been driving Rob nuts with it all week long because it was just so funny. So I actually will post that video to the Stay Out of My Crease page because it is one of these great videos. Um, We just it's really appropriate because of the fact that it, it came out right after the um, the two games in Finland, which were a huge success. I mean, how appropriate was it that the first game between the Jets and Panthers, Patrick Laine, um scores a hat trick <laughs> in front of the home crowd? Yeah, really? That was... And it was kind I... of... I don't know how much I like teams going to like over to Europe during the regular season. I don't know how much I like them going over. Like it's great for the fans and everything else, but I mean the travel is definitely takes its toll on the players. Like, yeah, they get a week off afterwards, but also that's got to be irritating, too, getting a full week off. Right. Yeah, because we saw it last year with Ottawa in Colorado in Sweden. Ottawa did really well Sweden. They won both games. They came back, they had a week off, and then all of a sudden they just became like a totally different team. And it was like that week off just really hurt them. And, um, you know, I know I've heard a lot of people that play hockey and say that it really sucks when you have, like, a game, a game, and then you're off for a couple of days. It's really hard to get back into your groove. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, we have callers on the line, so I'm going to go ahead and take our first caller. Hi, you're on the air with Kim and Rob. Who's this? Hey, Kim and Rob. Well, welcome back, first of all. It's Lou. Hey, Lou. Thanks. Hey. Thank you for the welcome back. We took a little time off, um, work yeah. schedules, and a ghost showed up at my house. So. Again? <laughs> I have a last year, too. Jeez. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you got to do something about that. Don't you have a, I mean, don't you have, like, a ghost control or something, or... Yeah, I, I need to uh, I went to a new age store Real short, not hockey related But I went right. to a new age store On last Monday Before Halloween And I found out that they make ghost soap 
to repel spirits. So um, apparently I well, used it very well. You know, he, you know <laughs> you're supposed to call, right? On Wednesday. <laughs> well, you know you're supposed to call, right? Ghostbusters, of course. Thank you. I knew she so how have you been, Lou? All right. Well, you know, uh, this is going to sound like a strange question, but what's wrong with the Golden Knights? Uh, maybe a little of a hangover loss? I mean, uh, no, we touched we touched on that earlier. Um, a lot of it has to do with injuries and uh, key players. Injuries missing. is key. Injuries is key. That could really make the difference between a healthy team and a team that's going to hurt uh, throughout the season. Yep. And it happens when that. you you have a lot you have a lack of depth, you know, in within your yeah your club. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we touched on that um, might have missed was the fact that losing James Neal. Ooh. And, you know, it was, and we touched on that at the preseason, saying that yeah. we thought that that was going to be a big chemistry. It was going to affect the chemistry of Vegas. And then, of course, they're missing one of their better defensemen. Yeah. Um, and Nate Schmidt, who's suspended for 20 games. Right. Hey, uh, by the way, your thoughts on uh, Queenville, who got who got the axe today? Surprised? Very. Very. Very surprised. I'm not. Considering what they've been through the last couple of seasons, I think maybe uh, this was a sign and it was going to happen anyway. I mean, it's a shame, though. I mean, all he's done for the team, you know, he got three Stanley Cups between 2010 and 2015, and just to go down like that, you know. Right. Now, I, I, I think it was due. Right. Now, I have a question for you. So, yeah. we're only roughly about 15 games into the season here. Give or take, yes. We've, right. We've, only, we've already had two head coaches that have been fired. Right. Do you see any other coaches on the hot seat right now? Well, Tough to say right. Tough to say right now. I mean, I was looking at the standings earlier of who's on the top and who's on the bottom of the barrel. Uh, right, uh, right now, uh, Rangers seem to be looking at trouble. So the Devils start off so well, and now they're, and now they're falling apart. I don't know. Brian Boyle had a really good game last night. Yes, he did. Three goals. First natural hat trick of his career. First hat trick of yes. his career. So. But um, on the flip side, uh, one team that has been the perennial losers uh, in uh, recent years uh, seems to be looking up a bit. Who's that? The Phoenix Coyotes. Yeah, they're they're start. They started to turn it around last year. Yeah, they were still pretty bad. They looked much more impressive. Yeah, last year was like uh, last year was ugly. And speaking of ugly, well, the Rangers have been winning, but they have been winning very ugly uh, so far in the early part of the season. I mean, they've had to be dragging out to shootouts instead of regulation. Hey, wins or wins, doesn't matter how you get them. All that matters is two points at Tell the end of the, the night. Standings. Yeah, right now. Uh, 
the Metropolitan was there last in the division, but first to worst is only separated by five points. And guess who's first in the in the Metropolitan Division? The John Tavares. The Islanders. Islanders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the other team I hate? Uh, the Devils. <laughs> Wrong side of the Hudson. <laughs> oh, it's nice to see the Isles doing well, though. Yeah. Yeah. You know how Just Rangers think. fans feel about that, right? Well, of course. Of course. Um, I was going to say, just think, pretty soon they'll be moving back to the island and playing. Yeah. Well, And then they um, can really be a big rival again. Yeah, I know. Well, they're splitting games this year. Between Barclays they... and the, the Coliseum. Right. That's three years. Yeah, because right. they have to, yeah. right. Yeah, and Tavares is going to get the homecoming in February. Yeah, that that was specifically um, set up that way. I kind of figured heard. that. Because uh, I know I know I can I know I can sense that. Right. You know his homecoming where he'll, where it all started for him, and uh, now he's going to get the homecoming that he's won. Yeah. yeah, so that should be good for Islanders fans. Yes, uh, for the rest of us, do we really care? Yes, we do. Some of us you do know, care. Well, being that you know we're Rangers fans, because Rangers and Islanders fans, we don't get along much at all. Well, most of it. So, to interrupt interrupt you for a minute, Lou, Rob and I were talking about the increase in scoring. Well, um, the Senators are 6-2. to They are on touchdown watch. (laughs) Uh I like what I see with the scoring this year. It's about time that scoring started to go up. Yeah, but, you know, at the expense of the goalies and their bodies and equipment, I mean, it's a bittersweet thing. Hmm. Well, what do you actually prefer, high scoring or um, good goaltending? I prefer good goaltending. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Defense with goalies, but hey, can't win if you don't score. Well, goalies, in my opinion, are my favorite position on the ice. And they don't get a break. You know, like, they don't get to play in shifts. They're out there for basically the whole game. Right. And they're crazy. I'm crazy. I kind of feel like we have camaraderie there. I knew that. Um, (laughs) But I really, really, really love to watch a very good athletic goalie. Um, Somebody that can... If your team is struggling, can steal a game. Yes. Um, if your team has a close score going on, it can keep you in that game. Um, right. I don't, I don't care much for the leaky goalies that um, are hit or miss. So I mean, goalies are definitely 
<laughs> there are a couple of leaky goalies in the league. Don't make me pick one. <laughs> you gotta pick one. Matt oh, Murray. I, I can. <laughs> I didn't it's okay. say it. Oh, Murray. Oh, yeah. Um. But like, I could tell you some of my favorite goaltenders, and people kind of look at you like, "Really? Those Is are." Is one of them Jonathan Quick? No. Jonathan Quick is not one of my favorite goaltenders. I appreciate him, and I know he's very talented. But, like, some of my um, my favorite goalies are Marc-Andre Fleury, of course. I like Connor Hellebach from Winnipeg. And, um, you know, I, I used to be a big fan of Lundqvist. Um, and the only reason why I really like Lundqvist is because I love watching his temper tantrums. I really do. When he tips the net, breaks his goalie stick, it's my favorite things. <laughs> um, oh, dear. But, you know, yeah, my if I had to pick two goalies right now in the league that I absolutely love, it would be Flurry and Hellebach. I really do yeah. love those two. Yeah, because uh, Quick, beat a, Quick beat, you know, the New York teams twice. He beat the Devils in 2012 and he beat the Rangers in 2014. So, uh, you know. Right. And Pete is answering that question that you asked. Um, when He prefers regular season. He prefers scoring. But in the playoffs, he prefers goaltending. Well, that does keep right. you in. Yeah. yeah, it does keep you alive in the playoffs, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, yeah. come back tonight against uh, the Habs. Yeah, I saw that. You guys yeah. ended up winning. They were down 3-1, they came back 5-3. Right. Um, let's see. So at least we're moving, I... up, with, at least moving up with the points-wise now. Right. I'm telling you, it looks like Vancouver and Detroit are going to go to overtime, though, because it's tied 2-2 two to two with, like, two minutes left. So. My colleague in Detroit will be very happy to know that. Of course, as I say this, somebody will score and prove me a liar. But um, And Otto is actually on a power play now, so they may get seven. So they're on a touchdown watch. Um, the finals, as Lou said, the Rangers beat Montreal 5-3. to three. Columbus did end up beating Dallas four to one, and Toronto, as Rob said, beat Vegas three to one. Um, yes. Like I said, I'm watching Vancouver and Detroit because it's a tight game with two minutes left. So why not watch that, right? Right. Of course, uh, I have, other games have uh, taken uh, presence though uh, tonight because it's the opening of the uh, college basketball season. So of course, I got my eye on that. But I am keeping an eye, of course, on the hockey as well. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it is, it is opening night. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, and I Lou, don't miss that. I, right, no doubt. We yeah. appreciate you so much for calling in tonight. Um, unfortunately, we are um, running short on time, and we do have another caller on the line. So we're going to go All ahead right. and them. All but right. we appreciate you calling in and hope to talk to you soon. Sure. Oh, and just to make a note of this, uh, uh, as you know that I do host a hockey show as well. Uh, we haven't, uh, we've had trouble starting our show this season, but we are going to start up again 
December 6th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And it'll be on Thursday nights throughout the season. Sweet. That's good to know. Yeah. Uh, If you want the number, I can give it to you right now if you want. Go for it. We don't mind cross-promoting. All right. Uh, But remember, this doesn't take place until December, but this is the the number for all the shows in this particular network. Uh, It's 347-205-9631. Good to know. Maybe Rob and I will call into your show then. All right. But keep in mind, if you think your show is short... Mine's short. Mine's only a half an hour. Oh, so okay. So you're going to get in quick. Sweet. I don't Good to know. Okay. Good to know, Lou. Well, Thanks thank- a lot. Thanks, right. Lou. Have a great evening. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Let's take our All next right. caller. Hi, you're on the air with Kim and Rob. Who's this? Hey, what's going on, Kim? Hey, oh, it's our Chris, friendly how are neighborhood you? Rangers fan. <laughs> hey, what's up, Rob? Now, Actually, Lou sorry, no, it's our friendly neighborhood Canes fan. <laughs> hey, I'm not. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Kings. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't. I don't pretend to not be. Oh, I'm you not a fan Kane. of the Kings. I'm, I'm Hurricanes. <laughs> I'm a. Fa- I'm a. I'm a fan of Jonathan Quick. He's a. He's a Connecticut boy. <laughs> oh, sorry about Carolina, my friend. Oh, the Canes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> a hurricane. I love the Hurricanes. <laughs> Although they're losing. They're, they're losing, so they're, they're fantastic watch right now. <laughs> I knew he was going to get you with that. Well, <laughs> it is what How it is. I mean, There's always uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing all right. I mean, Rangers won tonight, so um, I, you know, it's one of those rare moments where I actually feel good watching hockey. You know, after watching a hockey game, I feel good. Yeah, I don't remember what that feeling feels like. <laughs> yeah, you're having, you're, you're having a rough up. go you of it. You got two cups. You got two <laughs> cups in the last three years. Shut up. You know what it's like. Right, in less than fifty years. <laughs> Well, well, I want to. I, I want to <laughs> comment on on something you guys were talking about before, and I, I want I want to comment on I, I want to comment on on the first place team in the Metropolitan. Do you think maybe that coach knows what he's doing? Hmm. I don't know. He kind of just won a cup not too long ago. So yeah. It, and the team he left, uh, they're kind of just mulling on through. You know, they're just kind of going going about their business and not really, you know, kind of lackadaisical. And they're up and down, up and down. And he gets he the coach goes to the Islanders, a know nothing franchise, and gives away their best player and right back to the top of the league. So I think that guy knows what he's doing. Right. And, you know, it's interesting because I think we all kind of knew that Washington was going to have a cup hangover. 
and probably still beer hangover. Oh, uh, no, uh, they, they 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 have more than just a cup hangover. <laughs> I, they probably they probably aren't sober yet. I mean, oh, yeah, there's rumors sure Ovechkin hasn't sober. left the fountain yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it take it take. It takes a long time for the body to process to process alcohol, so you know it, it, <laughs> for the amount that they drank, you know it, it's still it's probably still working through them right now. I would have no doubts whatsoever. I want to know if Ovechkin got the stamp. I want to know if Ovechkin still got the cup stashed away somewhere in his house, and he just had another replica created. Uh, maybe. It might still be sitting on his dining room table. I don't know. Well, it it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter because they broke it anyway. So the cup gets broken every year. I don't know why people were making such a big deal about it this year. <laughs> they broke, it's ended they up broke in the bottom of a anyway, lake. So. Right. It's ended <laughs> up in a bottom of a lake, a pool. I think it got left somewhere. I mean, that poor cup has been through it all. Bob, that cup could talk. The stories it would I would love to hear the stories. I know, oh, I know. Right? Yeah, about like how the Leafs won 50 years ago. <laughs> and Philly hasn't won since 1975. <laughs> you know for all this karma, Matt Murray's going to be your goalie for the next 15 years. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry's going to be traded and Murray's going to just let in all the goals and that's different from how it is now no I'm kidding <laughs> oh baby <laughs> look I was asked nicely by Pencius to please stop dogging Murray because he's the best player on the ice right now um, so <laughs> Um, you know, I, I love to have fun. And if people take everything that I say as serious, then I feel really bad for them. But, you know, I, my problem, and I will get this out right now, my problem with Matt Murray is the fact that he's just not consistent. He's either really good or he's really bad. There's no in-between. There's no in-between. Yeah. And that's great, but... A lot of Penn fans are starting to have a problem with his post-game interviews. Last night, for example, he said he feels great, and he thought he played well. And then Sullivan backs him up on that, and I think that causes a little bit of rift with the team. Um, yeah, the, that remains yeah, to be the, seen. Yeah, the lie detector determined that was a lie. Right, exactly. Like, I'm going to be straight up honest. Uh, Pittsburgh has been known as a team that when they get tired of a head coach, they will play like crap. They did really well on the Western Conference or the Western Canada tour, and they did great when they were in Canada. Murray gets pulled against, I believe it was the Islanders. He let four goals in on nine shots. After that game, Murray had a similar press conference, and I'm glad that he's confident in himself because I don't want a non-confident goalie. But at the same point, this is a team where you have powerhouses like Bill Kessel and Sidney Crosby and Gino. 
you know, and you can't say that you thought you played well when you let four goals in on nine shots because that's basically throwing your team under the bus, running over them, and then backing up and running over them for good measure. To make matters worse, right after that post-game conference from Murray, Sullivan comes out and says none of those goals were Murray's fault. Last I checked, Matt Murray is a netminder and technically is the last the last defense. You know, he's part of the defense, whether people believe it or not. Um, he's the last line of defense. But when you have that happen, and then all of a sudden the Pens go on a four-game losing streak, you know, it's kind of like mm, there's something that more than meets the eye to this. And, um, you know, knowing that Pittsburgh's history with head coaches, it kind of makes you wonder. Well, I will give Murray credit to, to, for uh, the game against the Leafs. He got absolutely zero help. The Leafs skated and the same thing last the night. And it happened again last night. He was left out to dry by his team. I know it. And they know it. <laughs> you know, and well, I don't. To the point about Matt, this isn't this isn't breaking news that Matt Murray is terrible post game. I mean, this has been his entire. I I don't. I I take not. I don't take issue with it. I don't really care. But I I disagree with. I disagree with the calling that a lie. I don't think that that's not a that's not Matt Murray lying. That's just who Matt Murray is. You, you remember a couple of years ago everybody was up in arms because Matt Murray, you know, said basically the same thing after giving up I think it was like he gave up like five or six goals in a game and he was like, you know, I felt good out there blah 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 blah. You know, so I I go to the I don't know how how much of Seinfeld fans you guys are but I go to the Seinfeld, it's not a lie if you believe it. And he believes, he, this is Matt, that's who Matt Murray is. He's, he can give up five goals and he'll still be like, well, I felt good out there, so I played, you know, so I played good. It's not about whether he gave up the goals or not. It's, that, that's how he perceives it, is if he felt good and felt like he was making the right plays, then he's going to say, yeah, I played well, even if the pump was violent. And see, that makes me worry because I, I'm – and this is a very serious matter to me. He sustained quite a few concussions already in his young career, and that petrifies the hell out of me as a Pensian because he is so young. And, you know, you know – you know from doing research on concussions, and I know from having one, it takes a while for your brain to recover from it. And sometimes I think they may have rushed him back too far because, or too fast because of the fact that it just doesn't look like he tracks the puck as well as he used to. And that's pretty scary for me. Like, you know, injury history for him alone is petrifying. Um because of the fact that he is only 23 years old. He hasn't even hit what most people consider a goalie prime, which is around the age of 25 to 26. So, you know, there there's a little cause for concern, as any hockey fan would be with concussions. You know, how how is he handling those? Does he get headaches every night and just won't admit it? You know what I mean? 
Like, I, I, I totally agree with Rob. The Leafs game, he was in no way at fault. The team left him out to dry. Last night against the Devils, same thing happened. But at the same point, when you let in a quick goal, too, regardless of whether it's soft or whatnot, it, it's still it kind of deflates your team, too. And that kind of is what's been happening on this uh, this home slide. Well, again, that's, yeah. that's who that – you're asking Matt Murray to be a different – person than what Matt what we know Matt Murray is. He's he's not the he's not the rah rah. He's not the he's not the Henrik Lundqvist who will flip out and start tearing stuff apart, like tearing the rink apart when he lets in a soft goal or when somebody makes a, a mistake in front of him. He's Matt Murray is not the guy who's gonna start going nuts and throwing stuff and flipping and flipping out. He's the he's the guy who stays even keel no matter what happens, if he's if he has a shutout, if he has a shutout going, he's still the same guy. If he lets in five goals, he's still that even keel guy, and that's what well, you know. That's part of the charm of Matt. You know, that's the charm of Matt Murray is he doesn't get rattled, but at the same time, as and it is frustrating as you know. As a fan, I could see how it would be frustrating where people would be like, oh, this guy doesn't care. No, he, he, he just looking at it from a different point of view. He's not looking at it from the disaster that it was. He's looking at right. what he felt. And we've known that from Matt Murray for his whole, his whole career. That's how he's been. Right. And you, you make an excellent point. Um, but, you know, I, as a fan get tired of hearing it, you know, every, after every game and stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm only human. So you often wonder, you know, who else gets tired of hearing it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it remains to be seen. Um, Pittsburgh did a lot of line shaking up for the Washington game tomorrow. And they did call Zach Aston Reese back up from Wilkes-Barre Scranton. So it'll be interesting to see if those line changes work. The thing that they worked on today was um, actually separating Malkin and Crosby on the power play, which I don't know about that. Yeah, that's, that's interesting to me. Right. All right. Maybe they just want to separate them and get two good lines out instead of just the one one really good power play line and hope that something happens. So, right. But that's, and, what, the, um, that's what the coach gets paid for to to switch up the lines exactly. and try to figure out what works that night. And as I have mentioned numerous numerous times, I am no expert at all. It's just pure <laughs> speculation and opinion. Um. But quick update, Ottawa did score a touchdown, so they are off touchdown watch. Um, Vancouver and Detroit have gone to a shootout. Well, you say they got a touch. They, they got the extra point. That's true. I haven't the watched the, go- the way years, things so. are go- The way things are going in today's football, 
you can't assume seven is a tu- is a touchdown. Yeah, so they got a touchdown and an extra point. So, thank you, Chris, um, with the football show. <laughs> Ottawa also what? lost, lost uh, Craig Anderson to injury tonight. Oh, that's not, not sure what happened, but uh, he got injured. Right. That's not good at all. So, Chris, I know you wanted to talk about something that's going to kind of roll over into your show tomorrow night. Yeah. um, Yeah. uh, First off, um, you know, my show, Fit Down Sports, is on tomorrow night. And we're going to be – we're going to be talking about how um, how a lot of – I watch all the sports. I This show focuses on hockey. My show focuses on football, but we touch on baseball. We touch on hockey. We touch on basketball. And one of the things I've noticed in a lot of sports, and I wanted to get your guys' your guys's opinion of how this plays in hockey because – I think hockey does this better than any of the other sports, but all the other sports, there's good team. The good teams are great, and the bad teams are just awful. And you can't, you can't, awful to the point where you can't even watch them play against. When you watch them play against each other, you're like, this is, this is horrible. I want to turn the, I want to turn the channel because this, this is absolutely disgusting. It doesn't look like the real sport. And you see that a lot in basketball. I mean, basketball is, is I, I say, they started all of this, where they have, you know, where they have the Warriors who can score 91 points in a, in a half. And then you have teams like the Nets that can't even score 91 points in a game. And it's like, you know, the best the best teams are just so much better than everybody else. In hockey, it seems that, like, the middle of the road is a lot longer. You know, but the gap between the best team and the worst team, it, it, there, there's a lot of teams muddled together. And I, I think hockey does that the best. And you can see it, you can see it, when, it when two years ago an eight seed beats a one seed. Like, that's why the hockey playoffs are so – Awesome because all the teams are pretty much close together. I just wanted to know if that's what you, if you guys are seeing the same thing, because you guys pay attention to more of the hockey than I do. Yeah, I don't yeah, think I... there's. Sorry, Kim, go ahead. I'll let you go no, first. you go ahead, Rob. No, go for it, because I have a feeling you're going to say the same thing I am, but go for it. I don't think there's any really bad, unwatchable teams this year. Like, I've I've watched a lot of hockey so far this year, and all the games I've watched have actually been relatively entertaining. I agree. And I think this year has been um, probably the most entertaining year, and I you know, Rob, Chris, and I are in a Facebook group together where we pick the winner of each game, or we try to, and uh, we do a hockey poll. And um, this year, it seems like it's a lot more difficult to pick the winner because you would think, like, 
oh, Detroit just beat Vancouver in a shootout. Who would have picked Detroit tonight over Vancouver? I mean, like. Not this guy. Right, neither did I. Um, but, like. It's not going to matter, though, because, I mean, you can't beat the picks anyway. You don't You do not do the standings for everybody who, uh, who does their picks. <laughs> Mess up one time. <laughs> And watch because because you brought it up. Somehow tomorrow I'll flub your picks up, add them up wrong or something, and then you'll have to just like give me hell again. But um, no, I mean it's been. (laughs) And Pete even agrees he's like or me. But, no, I mean, going going back to Chris's point and Rob's point, I have sat down and watched, oh, I don't know, probably about three games a night, if there are three games on a night, because the schedule maker has really upset me this year because some nights we only get three games and they all start at 7 o'clock, <laughs> you know. But um, so I, on average, I watch about two and a half games a night. And – I can sit down and watch, oh, let's say the Oilers and Washington, and you're expecting Washington just to kind of blow them out. And all of a sudden, the Oilers are up like five to nothing or something. You know, it's it's just been a weird season. Like, there's no, there's no game that you can sit down and fully expect the quote-unquote better team in the standing to actually win because it doesn't happen every night. And it's it's even it's even more than that. It it's it's just it's the game the game to the game to game play. Like watching you can watch a a bad hockey team play and you you know you can watch the the Rangers when when they're playing bad when they're playing bad they're they're still Playing the game of hot, like it's not, it it, just, it doesn't look any different than what other teams are doing. Or, um, you know, watching the Islanders play, but it's not that they're that much better. You know, the Islanders aren't that much better than everybody else. They're, you know, it, it, it's a bounce of the puck here, it's a bounce of the puck there. Um, so it's it's worth the watch. I mean. You watch some of these other sports, and I mean, you take you got you got baseball, you got the Red Sox winning 108 games. Everything they did was right, and then you watch the Orioles play, and it's just a disaster. And it's like, are they even playing the same sport? At least in hockey, it everybody's pretty much doing the same. Everybody looks pretty much the same. Right, and that. That's the funny thing about hockey. I don't think that, like, say, for example, a football fan that maybe watches the game casually wouldn't understand. Some nights it really does come down to just puck luck, the right bounce, the right bounce off of somebody's skate into the back of the net. I mean, it it legitimately some nights comes down to that. The right bounce of that coin in, in uh, that coin in Toronto that says heads or tails. <laughs> Only during goalie interference. Yeah. Yeah. 
I believe uh, Fabry got a hat trick tonight in the Blues game. Not an actual no, hat trick. No, right. trick. No, uh, Ryan O'Reilly it? has two goals, and oh, Robbie Fabry Ryan O'Reilly his got first. the hat trick. No, he's only got two goals. Oh, no, me. He, he just, just scored, scored an empty netter. <laughs> okay, yeah, literally just scored the empty netter. So, yeah, he's got a hat trick. And uh, Robbie Fabry scored his first goal in 23 months. Yes, that's oh, what I was trying to go on. You mean you mean you mean the Blues game against against that crappy team from from North Carolina, against the former Whalers? Yeah. Yeah. Looking looking like looking just like the Hartford Whalers. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, so, they had showed uh, Robbie Fabry earlier, and then they just uh, they just showed Ryan O'Reilly getting the empty netter. It was not a natural hat trick, but it was a hat trick nonetheless. Um. <laughs> so I, I I had an interesting idea when you were talking about the uh, the Brian Boyle story. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't they do something on um, you know? Isn't it, it? It is. It is NHL fights cancer. It was NHL Fights Cancer Day, right? Well, it's um, NHL Fights Cancer Month, the whole month of October, but that was Pittsburgh's Hockey Fights Cancer Night. So so here's here's where my mind goes. It's Fights Cancer, right? Every every team, or, or they should get somebody to sponsor, and every time there's a fight, there's a donation to help fight cancer. I disagree with that. They're trying to get fighting out because of the head trauma that it causes. Yeah, but it still happened. They It does still happen, but to <laughs> I try saw, to, I be, saw a good to one, be like, hey, if I you saw a good one the other night. But to be like, hey, if you go and get into a fight, they're going to make a cancer donation. You're going to see 80 fights that uh, that particular night and it's not even going to be a hockey game. You're going to go to a hockey game, and you're going to see a boxing match. <laughs> Although, last night on Hockey Fights Cancer Night in Pittsburgh, there was a fight. So there you go, Chris. But they didn't make a donation. Um, see, there, but there they, you go. They did fight. But, no, like Rob said, they're really it, – it's not like they're trying to change the sport that much. They're just trying to – save people from not remembering who they are after hockey, after their career is done. Um, I mean, you know, it, but you watch, but I, I was watching a hockey fight the other night and, um, you know, it's funny that you say that, like the NHL says, Oh, we want to cut down on fighting because of the head trauma or whatever. But I watched them. They're go, you know, the guys are going at it, and the refs are just standing there, waiting. Like, if you wanted to stop the fight, like you go in and you pull the guys aside, and you, you know, you don't wait until the guys are pummeling each other to you. You let them, you let them tussle a little bit, and then you go, all right, enough. Like, they let them go. I think I was watching a fight. It went for like two or three minutes, and I was like, 
if you want to say, hey, we don't want this anymore, like when the guys are just standing there like waiting to punch, like go in and be like, all right, we're done with this. Like it's a, it's like a mixed message of, hey, we, we want to discourage fighting, but if you're going to fight, we'll let it go. <laughs> well, what are they supposed to do? No like, referees. The referees don't wear nearly the equipment that uh, the uh, players do. <laughs> and um, Some of the hockey players are pretty big. Like, I don't know, would you want to break up a fight between um, Chara yeah, and uh, who's another big guy? Oh, Brian Boyle. <laughs> He's an example. He's tall. Um, would you like to step in between them, Chris? No, but they do it. They, no, they do it anyway. They they do it eventually. But they're just they just stand around and wait, watch them fight for a little bit, and then after a couple minutes, they're like, "All right, now we get in and break it up." Like that's because they tired themselves out. <laughs> I'm just saying it's it's just such a mixed message of well, we we don't want fighting, but if you're gonna fight, we'll let it go to you know we'll let it go until somebody wins. But we're not going to stop it. We're not going to stop it. <laughs> we're not going to stop it be- before it gets crazy. So it, it, it just it, it's always funny to me when people say, "Oh, we're trying to phase this out of the game." You know, they just don't want you. They don't want you to start a fight. But if you fight, they want you to just they want you to go because that's what people want. You know, that's what people when people see a fight, they're like, "All right, I want to see it end." I don't know. I'm just used to seeing. I'm used to seeing hockey fights. That's that was new. That was New Haven hockey. We used to call it fighting on ice. Yeah, I mean it was a lot different when the instigator rule wasn't enforced. Um, but that that really really stemmed the uh, the whole fighting to a point. They don't fight nearly as much now. No. Um, but the Blues did defeat the Hurricanes four to one, so that game's over. Now we have uh, Wild at the Sharks and the Ducks at the Kings, or the yeah Ducks at the Kings. Interesting matchups. Yeah, the Wild has been definitely a different team this year. Um, I credit definitely um, Dubnik. He's been just incredible in goal this year. And their games have been close, very close. I don't think they've scored more than, like, three goals in a game. Not in a while. I haven't seen many high-scoring games come out of Minnesota. No. They're, They're all about defense. And, you know, they have such depth at defense, it's not funny. Um, Dubnik's numbers are unreal this year. Yeah, Pete says Minnesota and um, L.A. Yeah, L.A. for the win tonight. As Pete was calling the West Coast game. 
I remember What's you. Uh, I remember you telling me that uh, you didn't think Dubnik was going to do very well this year. Yeah. Did you retract that statement? Yeah. I I still. I I, I, st- I still don't. He's got a two. He's got a 2.07 goals against average and a 9.37 save percentage. Is it, I, I want to see him. I want to see it long term. I don't. I don't. I don't trust it. Last year he got off to a hot start. He had. He was wicked hot, and then going into the playoffs, he couldn't stop anything. So. He's a he's one of those guys. He's he's a hit or miss, and right now he's on fire. So more power to him. I still don't I still don't trust him in a big spot. And when when things get when games get tight, we'll see we'll see how how he how he does. But I, I think he he's one of those he's one of those guys that does really well in the early part of the season when things don't matter when things start getting ramped up. He gets tight. He's still got great numbers. Uh, ever since he uh, got to Minnesota, he's been the model of consistency. Yeah, that he has. That rolls around to what I had said earlier, how a different system can make you a better player. That is very true, because when he was in Edmonton, actually, he had a few good seasons in Edmonton. 2011, 2012, 2013, he was great. And then the Oilers started to go on their uh, losing ways. Rebuilding. (laughs) Yep. Wait, is it ironic that players leave Edmonton and become better players? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, let's look at Yeah, they should trade McDavid to a better example. team and see what he can do. Right. Trade him Not going to happen. <laughs> Not going to happen. Oh, you mean the Leafs can't have McDavid, Matthews, and Tavares? Yeah. No, not fair. Um,. Damn. But you know, you were talking about goalies with Devnik or Dubnik and everything. Um, Brassois learned how to play goalie. That's kind of shocking. Yeah, really. <laughs> He's actually doing very well this year. Yeah, he is. I've been thoroughly impressed by his performances. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, I think we have bored the people enough, and we are close enough to. Um, and I'm kidding. I know we don't bore people. We are highly entertaining and funny. Um, but you know, we're getting close to our airtime being off, and I figure since you know we're kind of here at a law, that um, we'll go ahead and call it a night tonight. Um, like I said, we had a lot to talk about tonight, and I hope everybody enjoyed it. Don't forget to share the show and share the show page. Follow our Facebook page. Um, 
you know, we appreciate every listener, every comment, every interaction on our page, and it's just been great. But um, Rob and I will talk about next week if we're doing a show. It really honestly depends around this time of year. It depends on what news is being broke. Like today, a lot of news broke, and we had been off air for three weeks. So the best way to find us is our Facebook page, and I think we made it pretty clear that we may not do a show every every week, um, especially starting out in the, the slower part. Now, once it gets closer to the trade deadline and we have, you know, trades happening and definitely playoffs, we may pick up doing a show every every week. But for right now, you know, we're just going to kind of play it by ear. Yeah, for sure. Yep. But thank you, Lou and Chris, for calling in tonight. We always appreciate talking to you guys. Um, Rob, thanks again for hosting with me. It's always a pleasure. And uh, maybe next time you won't um, say, oh, I don't want to do a show tonight because I just want to sit back and watch hockey because the pen shut out your lease. I'm kidding. But um, and maybe I won't have any more ghost visits, so um, <laughs> we, we won't have to worry about that interrupting a week either. But um, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we hope that you enjoy our show as much as we enjoy doing our show for you guys. Um, any comments, suggestions, or anything like that, please feel free to send them to the page. So, um, But, Chris, thank you again for calling in, and don't forget to check Chris's show out on Radio AFS tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Always. Always a pleasure to be with you guys. Always nice to talk to you, man. Always always good, man. Well, have a good show tomorrow night, Chris, and thanks, everybody. Keep an eye on our Facebook page for our next episode. Everybody have a great night.